And welcome back to the Luck Stops Here podcast. I'm your host, Scott Bowser. We are brought to you by MyBookie.ag. That's right, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code LSH for 50% bonus on your deposit up to $1,000. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code LSH. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, or And if it's your first time, make sure you hit subscribe. Give us uh, you know the five-star wherever you're, especially on Apple, uh, and uh, leave a little comment that helps us grow, and we are growing, growing, growing. I appreciate it so much. This is a fun one. I got my buddy Jamel Johnson on. Uh, he got kicked off Twitter recently, and we get into that. But uh, so yeah, I hope you guys all enjoy this one. Thank you so much, and uh, make sure yes, yeah, hit that five stars and give us a little comment. All right, everybody, I'll see you later. And that's right, I am here with the. The newest bad boy outlaw of the Twitter universe, Mr. Jamel Johnson. Jamel, how are you doing, buddy? I am doing good. I am surviving whilst being Twitterless. How are you, bro? Dude, uh, last time I saw you, uh, we were drunk as shit at a convenience store. Might have been, yeah. It was a gas station? <laughs> I think so, yeah. In Solvang? I believe we were in Solvang, California? Yeah, up at uh, Sean and Tess's wedding. Yeah, dude. The one and only comedy. <laughs> dude, no, because I, I remember, like, you hit, you hit me, like, DM me, like, middle of the night. We're like, hey, yeah. man, let's smoke some weed. We were staying at that same hotel up there, so I was like, hey, let's go smoke some weed on the. We had like this whole nice patio out there to ourselves. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and I was like, so the person I was staying with, there was a there was a big scare in the middle of the uh, reception where people lo- thought they lost their keys. Oh. So there was like a whole section where I'm missing, where everybody's getting more hammered. So then I return, and I'm like, oh, I want to be that hammered. (laughs) I believe that part of the reception was the only reception I ever did went to where just a bunch of people started taking mushrooms down the tail end of it. And it was like, all right, we're going to make it real. (laughs) One, One person who can't dance. Yeah. makes everyone do mushrooms at the way very nice very good of them that's a that's a community service right there dude <laughs> hey if i can't dance nobody can dance yeah no like i i get it dude i can't dance for shit i mean i got a couple like old like a, i can kind of do the old fred berry rerun dance from what's happening and that's my you just gotta pick your spots yeah get by in a pinch move yeah like dance if you gotta you know, I'm not really a big deal. I haven't watched a lot of college basketball these last few days, man. Like with this tournament, it has been. Uh, and I, I'm, you know, I was winning the first couple of days, and now I'm kind of down a little. But overall, I'm up on the last couple of weeks, so I can't really complain. Yeah, I, I made one bracket just because my fam was doing a bracket. I'm actually kind of off brackets. I've been off brackets basically since Maryland signed a contract with Under Armour. It's just not the same. <laughs> Those old Ralph Friedgen commercials? Or, uh... Yeah. Oh, Jesus, Ralph. Bless his heart. <laughs> Bless his just so, yeah, clogged heart. You're from the D.C. area, right? Like, mm-hmm. So you grew up Maryland fan? Yeah, I would say it was probably... Aside from Georgetown, but Georgetown just... Like, Maryland's like in the hood. College Park is like... There's black people around is what I'm saying to you. Yeah. Georgetown is the whitest area of D.C., which is one of the blacker cities. It's just not the same. It's like the campus is a castle. Yeah. No, it's like there's it's just a different vibe. Yeah. It's like a, we're all the, like the 
like rich, rich elites send their kids that couldn't quite get into an Ivy League school. They buy them into yeah, Georgetown. And, like, and of course, we were watching Allen Iverson. Like no one, no one's denying. Yeah, AI, but at the time that I was a kid coming up, Maryland was the best, and they were just as close to us. Yeah, yeah, that and makes sense. Like I remember the Big East of those years when AI was there, where you had like Ray Allen at UConn, Kerry Kittles at Villanova. Like the Big East was so so good back then. Like it was just one guy. Every every school just had one guy. Yep. And then a bunch <laughs> of regular dudes, white guys with buzz cuts. And he just had <laughs> one star, and he would play two, maybe even three years. Who knows? Yeah. No. Now you get like. I mean, I'd be one and done too. Like, I'd be one of these kids just going straight to the G League. Fuck it. Like, prepare me to pay me now. Like, I want in. No, but like, man, with these, uh, with all these, like, Mar- like March Madness games, like, I've been, like, I-, I think I texted you about this yesterday morning where I was just like, man, I, I, I was in such a losing streak for a second there. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to bet this women's game. And of course, I lost that too. But it was like, yeah, let me just get off the schneid somehow. Let me, let me. You start betting things that don't make sense because you're like, I'm doing things that make sense and I'm losing. So now I have yeah, to do something exactly. that makes no sense. Yeah. Let me let me bet on something I have no knowledge on. I thought I knew about Just men's basketball. Throw a fucking dart right at the board. Yeah. I was reading this book about finance at, like a few months ago, and like this guy basically said like, uh, guys like trying to pick individual stocks. Uh, a, a chimpanzee with a blindfold on throwing darts could probably do just as good of a job as like the top hedge fund guys. There's really no difference between the two things. Like that's definitely how I feel. <laughs> like, and I think that I think I'm, <laughs> go for it. Oh, I, my general feeling on brackets is, and it's the same with like fantasy sports is like, we're choosing to, to feel dumb. Yeah. Like we don't have to do these things. We could, we could live our lives. We could bet on uh, different things, but we just have to do it. Now, see, and we're gonna be wrong. I rarely do brackets. This is the first year I did an actual bracket in a while because I got a free one. Um, but like, one of my favorite things is uh, I, every year, like Sean Green got me into this, and, and Ryan Kramer with the Sports Gambling Podcast, betting every single first round, first half under. Mm. And the and it worked out this year. It went like twenty five and ten with the Oregon game being canceled, so there was only twenty five thirty five games. That's awesome. And so, so how much money do you want on something like that? You like, well, I just did a couple bucks per, so I came oh, okay, out just like, to see. yeah, you know, so like it came, was it like fifteen units plus? So I want to say I came out like fifty bucks ahead on that. That's pretty like total, good. yeah, like with the juice and everything. But the fun part about it is you have like an interest in the beginning of every game, usually the most boring parts. Of each of these games, like it gets really exciting down the stretch, but that first half, you're rooting for bricks. And it's a, it, it helps college basketball because college basketball got, got a lot of bricks, and, and now you like them, especially in these first round games where the pressure is on, and especially this year with all the COVID protocols for practice and everything, stuff wasn't like so. Yeah, it was really fun. Like when you're just cheering these missed free throws, <laughs> like, <laughs> and, like turnovers, and just off. Oh man, it's just like it makes it so exciting to have have a stake like a little skin in the game on every single game like that. Like I got to figure out some shit like that. I think I I missed that boat this year, but I'll be doing that next year for sure. Yeah, no, maybe for NIT. Whenever they do NIT, I'm on it too. Oh man, NIT is a lot of fun. And I had to be careful this year 
when I was putting in all those bets, I put them all in at the same time, like 36 in a row. And the NIT games were shuffled in there, so I had to make sure I didn't. Like, it was like, you got to oh, be specific damn. on these 36. Because it's all college basketball even, lumped together. Is that shit even on TV this year? I don't know. I haven't dude. been looking at ESPN. I think it, I think it is on there. Because, like, CBS Network does the, the main yeah, tourney. Yeah, strictly tourney. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure ESPN has a few NIT games trying to get some okay. prying eyes. I'm not going to look at the schedule. I'm just going to believe you. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not out seeking. There's enough college basketball on right now where I don't need to be seeking out NIT games. That's something. I will, I will, I will bet on the women's games, but that's, they're still at least playing for hey. the NCAA championship. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're the best women. We're not talking about some second tier. Yeah, not the, the second tier shit. The same mids. Yeah, the the mids of college basketball, and it's funny though. Like, there's like something like 378 teams in Division One college basketball. So, like, yeah, I have no idea. It's like when are when are they going to let community colleges in? Oh man, they, it should just be every like educational like Devry should have a team in there, like every like for profit like. Exactly for that one time in 200 years where Strayer gets out of the first round, like. Yeah, ITT Tech could probably put a team together one year. But it, That'd be awesome. They just get all the guys that couldn't like make grades, but it's like, hey, you come to ITT Tech, you're gonna walk out of here with a computer programming degree and a chance. Yeah, you to might learn how. To, yeah, <laughs> you you will learn how to fix a car. Yeah, and you know, I always like those. Remember the old commercial would be like TV VCR repair, like improve your life, and it's like 2005, and they're showing like TV VCR repairs, like. Man, I think I think that's a dying business, my friend. Yeah, they didn't know. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> but I mean, I think they even switched it at one point to DVD repair, like in like 2011. But it was like way too late at that point. You know, the streaming revolution was here. Like you couldn't go any deeper. But no. Uh, so, hey, growing up in DC, did you start comedy in DC? Like, oh uh, yeah, out in the burbs. But you know, same difference. And then, then did you move to New York for, or did you move straight to LA? Nah, I came to LA, but not straight to LA. I stayed in DC for like five years. Okay, okay, okay. So and then, yeah. you know, I visited and all that. I always like, uh, like everybody I met from the DC scene, because like Hampton Yount's always cracked me up, and like everybody I met, like going back to like Blaine Capatch and shit. Like it just there's like a legend, like a great pipeline. Patton Oswalt, like. The DC scene has pumped out some great comics over the years. Yeah, I think it's just because, you know what, I, I like, it's because you get to do more time when you first start, I think. Like, New York and L.A., and maybe this is the same in Chicago and San Francisco, too, I'm guessing. But, like, the level of cities below that, like, so, like, top tier, you start out, you get to do two and a half, three minutes. DC, when you're starting out, you're doing five to seven minutes. So yeah. it's just like double the experience. And the open mics have crowds. So Yeah, it's always yeah. nice. Yeah. That's just a different feel. Nothing ruins. Uh, I, I've been to a couple of bars in LA before where I didn't know a mic was about to start. And all of a sudden, like, all right, the open mic comedy's about to start. I was like, oh, shit, we need to leave. This is about to get depressing real quick. There's only like a couple mics that are like, it's like cool, like, like our bar, like, you know, fucking demorgia shit used to get up but it would also was like five hours the show would be five yeah, fucking dude. hours and you would have to get trashed but it was fun it all yeah it's always a good time but yeah no uh 
I, I did one show where it was like they would say it's three different shows, but it's all just one long show at the venue all night. And you'd show up, and I'd be, you know, let's say I'm booking on the nine thirty spot, and I get there at nine, and they're like, okay, we just started the eight o'clock show. It's like, what the fuck's going on over here? Like, I, yeah. But shows where you fully take a nap. Now, when I first started, I because I'm from the L.A. area. When I first started doing stand up there, like it was like more five to seven minutes on open mics. Like it w- was, mm. uh, there wasn't as many of them, but it was like pre comedy boom, like early mid two thousands. Yeah. So like you could kind of like work. Sh- Me and my friend, at, like I think the first mic I did was like two thousand two. I want to say and we were workshopping oh, like shit. like full sketches and stuff. And they were letting us have, like, you know, like 10 minutes to work out sketches and stuff. That's crazy. That's, like, like the beginning of me, like, just watching comedy in general. Like, I was watching it from, like, like like 90, 91. I can remember watching Comic View with my family. We were, like, I was, like, five, six years old. Oh, Comic View ruled, dude. Comic View was that shit. But, like, yeah, like. That what, anybody Early just, high like, school, middle school, I was, all I was watching was stand up. What was you saying? No, on Comic My, View, because like that was the one on BET where like it was basically you could just kind of self tape and submit, and so you'd yeah. see guys like doing like hilarious bits from clubs that like you, guys that you, were, were not seeing but on Comedy be, Central and stuff. But a lot of that shit was the same bit. Uh, it, it, it was like you know there were standouts, clear standouts. Yeah, but a lot of people. It was like eight different jokes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh and like everyone the had their version of eight yeah. different jokes yeah but it was still a lot of fun and it was on all the time at the height of it which was about early 2000s like 99 2000 comic view was on every night yeah monday through friday and then they would also show the uh like they would show that right before the wire reruns where they would edit out oh, all yeah. those scenes they with the white guys. The, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. That was the first time I seen it, and I was just like, what is this show? Yeah. And I was just mad confused. Yeah, the context doesn't quite work when you're, like, <laughs> when you're editing it for commercials and all that. Like, but we, and I, and then they also had The Corner. So there was, like, another yeah. series. That Maybe was before it was, The Wire, right? Yeah. If they kind of ran together where I don't know which was which for a while. Yeah, no, I I, I ran into the same thing early on because I was like, isn't that that one thing I watched that one time? Because the same guy that played Bodie was on both. He was also on Oz. Uh, what's his name? Uh, JT, uh, I can't remember. JT Thompson, I think his name is. Yeah, oh, sure. I know I know exactly who you're talking about. He's um, he's on Bounce TV all the time now. Yeah, he was in Pootie Tang. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was the he was like the frog guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is a dude. a real classic. I mean, I think that's what is going to get Louis C.K. uncanceled. Is he needs to direct Pootie Ting Two after his performance directing? That's interesting. And you know what? That's actually a very strategic and interesting thing play. I like that. You know, because then it's like, oh, you guys like Pootie Ting Two so much. Well, he like rips it off like a Scooby Doo villain at the end, like mask, like. I directed this pooty thing too. Sarate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, so, uh, no, like, but I'm in DC comedy. You're a huge basketball fan. That's kind of how, also how I know you is you worked with, you know, Sean and stuff on, uh, Crash League. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, but no, I, I, I don't. You kind of love how like sports and comedy, like there's like a cool like lane for that now, where there's like cool overlap. 
Yeah, it's um, it's definitely interesting to be a part of this. Like every genre is like, oh yeah, we got like funny guys because I could. I mean, you remember when Monday Night Football threw Dennis Miller out there? Oh, dude, that was one of the greatest things. He's talking about the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand and yeah, dog. Everybody was like, "What the fuck is going on?" So like, for it to start there and to see that like now like anyone you could you could do a comedy show about any sport and it might hit. You never know. Remember too, like right after the Dennis Miller thing, they're like, "Okay." We need a different strategy. We'll get Rush Limbaugh on the pregame show. Yeah, they went the exact opposite. It was so strange. I was after he passed. Um, my friend reminded me of the time he said Donovan McNabb was overrated because he was black. Yeah, yeah. And we and we watched the clip, and you can see Steve Young physically trying to dodge. Yeah, yeah. What Rush Limbaugh is saying in classic Steve Young fashion, avoiding the rush at all times. Yeah, you know the guy could scramble his balls off. Yeah, no, nah, he was lit. Everyone on the set is like frozen, and they're all thinking about punching Rush Limbaugh. And Steve is like, "I might run offset." Like, I like how Tom Jackson's trying to like look composed and like like he's soaking it all in, but Michael Irvin does. Michael Irvin legit looks like the most confused man on the planet. Like, is this guy seriously saying this right yeah. now? Like, huh? You, this is your first day. This can't be, this is your first day on the job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you open with, you gotta, like, that's a week eight move. If you're gonna, you gotta sneak that in, man. Like, ah, yes. <laughs> oh, so, 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 so dumb. Yeah. Tom, Tom, I bet Tom was just like, you know, because he's like an older dude. He's just like, this was bound to happen. He's been waiting for this yeah, to happen like for he, years. He, he thought Chris Berman was going to portray him years ago. Yeah, exactly. And Tom Jackson's also a former linebacker. So, like, he's used to, like, kind of sitting back and reading and diagnosing the play as it develops. So he's kind of just watching that as it happens. Like, how am I going to jump on this fumble? <laughs> like, it's, yeah. The ball's definitely coming to me here. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> waiting. Man, but Go like, no, I, I think, watch, we're, we're gonna get it soon, like, I mean, they'll probably, like, I mean, look at, well, Joe Rogan, like, working his way into MMA, like, I mean, yeah. he's a state- and he's like, to the point where he, he's just serious, he's not even fucking around, he's Yeah, just, there's no joke in there, like, he just knows he's his just shit. top guy. I'm trying what to- What a crossover. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any comics I know that could actually do, like, straight, Play by play, like, like, like real play like by play, really do it. Yeah, like, I like to think I could do it. I like to think I could do it if I wasn't stoned all the time. Yeah, I could, I could play either side. Like, I could give you play by play and I could do color in a basketball game. I think I could do some this color for a baseball game. I think I could do the color and, uh, for a baseball for sure. Like, the color and, like, the Vince Scully color play by play combo yeah, where, yeah, I kind of just call the game and weave stories into it. Like, that's one and oh. And baseball, you get more time to work. Yeah, you can really workshop. It's more of a like ba- like basketball. You really don't have a lot of room to no. Like and you gotta like, and you gotta like, you gotta know which way it's going. You have to like frame it for people who can't see. Because even like, in I'm a always football game, in the car. Yeah, like in a football game, if there's a huge blowout, you can always be like, okay, it's forty two fourteen. We can just talk about whatever we want now. We don't really have to call the game anymore. People. 
unless this thing starts getting interesting again. But in a basketball game, you really don't have any time off. Like you're you're calling it even in a blowout. Van Gundy's pretty good at it. He's just made a personal choice that he's going to say whatever he's thinking. Well, and yeah. I'm sure. I bet the I bet the network is encouraging him. Like ever since that shit with Rihanna happened, I bet the network was like, "Okay, Jeff, you get to say whatever you want. Well, lean into it." And also, too, I think with especially in the NBA, a lot of these guys have like look at Steve Kerr, where they basically use their broadcasting job during the playoffs as like a job interview for a coaching job, where it's like. You sit there calling playoff games for a seven game series. And you go, I would have made this move here. I would have made that move there. And if you start looking pretty smart by the end of it. You're, you're making yourself look like a really good head coaching candidate where that's why I love Bill Walton in college basketball games where he truly does not give a fuck at all. Yeah. And he's just talking about like doing acid at a dead show. Like he doesn't care about the game. Like love it. There's a, there's love a vibe love there. Love acid. Yeah. Dude, there's a, there's a great vibe there when Bill Walton's fucking. <laughs> Just deadhead. I talk. My, my, I have a buddy who's been to several Grateful Dead shows. And he's like, it's so easy to spot Bill Wall. He's like the seven foot guy pounding the drum like every time. <laughs> yeah, he's. I mean, I can't think of somebody I would want to hang out with more. I feel like I'd vibe with Bill Walton more than a lot of guys in the league. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's one of the only guys to win an MVP and a Six Man of the Year. Give me Kyrie, Bill Walton. Oh, dude, this is a dream lineup here. Like, uh, I'll throw John Wall in it just to just to add a different <laughs> element. He'll get he'll get a bunch of girls to come over later, dude. I mean, you got like Javaris Crittered in. Like, yeah, let's get, <laughs> yeah, let's spice it up. Really know? spice it up if you want to. Like, we'll get him on a, a weekend furlough from the prison to come out and hang out. Shit, man, is he still locked up? Or did he pass so. away? Did he he like, did, passed away, dog. Did he? He might have. I'm I'm a little rusty on my Crittenton facts, but just in case, I dude like he. R.I.P. Yeah. to that guy. Let me look this dude up. Didn't he like murder a pregnant lady or something? Like that's what he was. Oh no! I mean, wait. That might. That's just. That's Ray Carruth. No, I want to say he did it too. Okay. Wanna... He okay. He was convicted of murder. Yeah. Was it a lady? No. Oh no! Okay, so he got twenty three years. He's not dead. Okay, well, he's not doing why. I mean, he's got that cop to plea in twenty eleven. Yep. Damn. Twenty three years murdered a mother of four. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't a pregnant lady. He just killed. Just, yeah. A mom, which I don't know if I can say just there. But, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> I don't, don't want to disqualify anything. It is, it is slightly different. I guess that's that's the difference between uh, <laughs> twenty five years and twenty three years. <laughs> Whether or not she was carrying at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Nah, man. Like he, he's he's not invited to the party no. now. No. Yeah. But... He, <laughs> Ky, Ky, I, Kyrie's a great guest because he's a flat earther. That's that's a lot of fun right there. You know. Like, yeah. You do. You need some. Somebody to just challenge everything that's being said. You it, know, for a while, you won't think about it because you'll be listening to music. But then, you know, hour three, he's like, how come songs even sound like that? And you're like, all right, dude, I'm, let's think about it. <laughs> like, Dude, like, he's a flat earther that went to Duke 
Which, if we're doing a Venn diagram, there, it's the biggest sliver on the planet, like we're, the tiniest sliver of a. Yeah, it's like I I like to think he was just fucking around with the flat earther thing, and then he just let it go on for a while. But <laughs> it is a common problem with athletes, the like the conspiracy theory energy that comes off of them in general. Yeah, because they are the type of people who have defied the odds it's way easier for them to believe some impossible shit because they're living an impossible dream basically yeah and it's it it feeds into your ego even more like not only am i really good at this and i made it i made it despite all these like satanic pedophile rings yeah exactly from getting to me I've avoided yeah, exactly. them, you know. Like. They tried to they tried to get me and I sham godded away from all of them. <laughs> yeah. God sham god. Yeah. That guy was one of my favorite players ever cuz like that's there's been some fantastic names in NBA history when you get into like guys like World Be Free uh I mean, yeah, God sham god. You get some you know, oh, I mean, come on. Dude, this year you got uh what's your Golden Polonies? There's that. Abilene Christian had the guy Clay Gay Man. That's awesome. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, and then you got, of course, uh, Kofi Cockburn for Illinois. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, he had a pretty uh, okay game. That Illinois game was really just like I was just like, who's the one seed? Yeah, right. I mean, dude, and like, who's like the the dominant program from the state? Like, who's the small Catholic school versus like who's the big? Big time, yeah, big, no. big program. Like. In control the whole game. And yes, we know that they have, you know, the Vatican on their side. Yeah, well, and I mean. But like, yeah, Sister Jean is not for play, obviously. But it was just nuts. I was like, damn, Illinois didn't even attempt a jump shot for like most of the second half. Now, they play, or I think Oregon State now, Loyola Chicago. So they're going to be favored next round, I think. I don't know. It's going to be a tough crazy. matchup. I got to get my hands on one of them jerseys. Loyola Chicago I, jersey. I, I meant to get it when they made it in 2011. Cause I, yeah, that the burgundy with the cursive yellow. Anything that looks like Washington football team that isn't Washington football team is awesome to me. Okay, okay, I can see that. What do you think the Washington football team should go with for the name? Uh, I mean, I feel like we were all saying Warriors because we all still like. A lot of people don't want to lose the logo. We think the logo is awesome. Okay, okay. So, so like, what can what can we do to keep the logo? How can we skirt by like the Blackhawks are? Yeah, Blackhawks really. So, yeah, because they got like an official like that's a name of a real tribe. So it's like not bullshit. We're our shit is bullshit, obviously. So Warriors was the first option, but now I don't even know. Now the Washington like, Agonquins doesn't exactly have a good sounding ring to it. Yeah, it doesn't super hit. It doesn't super duper hit. And but, I mean, uh, I think the you know most of the team names have been beat to death with like the Senators, the Nationals, the you know. Yeah, I don't want it to be the fucking Congressman. No. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awful. The Admirals. Yeah, dude, make it the fucking DC Nike boots, man. <laughs> Made I, a real tribute. To I think city. Cleveland should go back to the Cleveland Spiders for baseball. I think that would be dope. Yeah, that is nice, that, and that's a fun logo. Shout yeah. out to Richmond, the Richmond Spiders. I am more of a VCU guy, if I'm being honest, in my okay. heart of hearts. But okay. I do think Richmond Spiders is cool. 
Yeah, I I had I had a, had a big future bet on VCU to win their conference tournament this year. Didn't quite hit, but they made it to that final and made it interesting for me. Ah, man. What are they in now? What is that, the CAA? CAA is spicy now, man. Yeah. VCU's the, been good, and then, uh, you know, Mason. And Tate Bonaventure. Are they CAA now, too? I believe so, yeah. VCU and Damn. St. Bonnie's were in the conference championship game against each other. Yeah, so. Well, I'll be damned because I remember back. I mean, I know everybody went through reformation. Back in the day, it was like legit. Like it was everybody between Northern Virginia and Myrtle Beach. That was the CAA. It was like fucking uh, UC. uh, uh, Yeah, UC Greensboro and all of them shits. It's funny how like uh, you get something like. uh, like the conference, like restructuring now, where it's like, like Rutgers and Nebraska are in the same con- in the Big Ten. I know it's like all TV deals, and they're just like, okay, what if we just did like a creative season in like NCAA basketball on PlayStation Two? <laughs> yeah. And I get, and I get that, you know. And I'm like, I, I, it's fine. We don't care. Everybody can fly wherever they want now, but it is weird, and I do hate change. Because there was going to be a scenario when they were reforming the Big East a couple years ago that San Diego State was going to be in the Big East. And it's like, how do you even justify, like, because I I couldn't handle it when, I'm not a fan of Utah and Colorado still in the Pac-12. I felt like... San Diego State, yeah, San Diego State and Fresno State would have been a way better fit there. And like... Just name it after dudes. Just call it the Kareem League or something. The like, like the John Wooden League with the Kareem and the Walton divisions in basketball. Yeah, something, man. Just make it names like hockey used to. I think too. We need to get rid of this notion of conferences that apply to every sport. We just need to group like by region the best football teams in the area, the best basketball teams, and you might not always be in the same con- like all playing the man, same. Gonzaga should be competing with the Pac-12 schools, you know, instead of like Pepperdine. For sure. Like, I, and I think like I think the NBA missed a good opportunity, and I think every a lot of all, like college too, like when they were talking bubble stuff, like I wanted to see a region like I wanted to see the shit like split into four or five quadrants, and we literally are housing just like like you just play these teams like ten times. Yeah, that's it. And it's just like five teams and they're in your region and that's fucking it. That would have been pretty sweet. Yeah. Like, and like, I don't know. I I got, I mean, by the end, everybody would have hated everyone by the end. You hate the 14th time you have to play the heat. Yeah. You've been like, fuck, kill somebody. Fuck this Tyler hero motherfucker. (laughs) Fucking kill this kid, dude. All right. Speaking of wanting to kill somebody. Uh, you can bet on if you think Tyler Hero is going to get murdered in the next week over at our sponsor, mybookie.ag. That's right. Mybookie.ag. Use promo code LSH for a 50% bonus up to $1,000 deposit. So that's the, that's free money right there. And yeah, run it up. Yeah, man. There's a, and you got NCAA tournament right now. You can bet on the Oscars over there. That's coming up. Um, Ooh. You know, like, I'm, I'm thinking there's got to be an angle for gambling on the Oscars this year. Like, there's going to be, every year they have to have some, like, uh, like, like make a wish type award when they give out an award, you know? Like, I would. And there's, you can, there's like themes. 
Yeah, it, there's well, like, like a year. There's a year with where no dudes win. There's a year where only black people win. Yeah, I think so Chadwick like, Boseman's what's a lock next? this year. You know, the guy passed yeah, away. He's gonna get. Makes, he's gonna get that uh, Heath Ledger treatment. Like yeah, I'm gonna buy and he does. He's done like every biopic. Yeah, yeah, dude. I like that. I think that I think that's solid money. I don't know what the odds are on, on him on that, but. I think that's solid money over there, but head over to mybookie.ag for that action. You got the Kentucky Derby coming up soon in the next month, a little over a month. You got, uh, the Masters Golf Tournament. That's always a lot of fun. You know, you can, I got some bets coming up on that already. And, you know, so. Betting on golf sounds scary. Oh, that's great, dude. Like, cause, you know, it's a four day tournament. You know, that's always a fun thing to track. And sometimes, like, if you really want to bet the underdogs in that, you just kind of take them on the first day. Because anybody can be hot the first day of it, you know. Like, Ooh, smart. Okay. Yeah. I like this. Yeah, you don't have to actually bet anybody. And what's what, and one thing about golf, too, is, like, they pair everybody. You know, you play with someone for each round. So you can just bet the pairings. Like, I think this guy is going to beat this guy in their individual pairing as it goes down the line. So they don't even have to, like, win the whole thing. They just need to beat that one dude. Okay. You know, that's all, that's pretty cool. Like, uh, I just had my buddy Ryan Kramer on. We were talking about this with golf gambling, how like Phil Mickelson gets mad when he plays, gets matched up with certain people on tour because like they don't like the side action. And he's about hustling out there against all these fools. And like, that's hilarious. You, you want to get your James Woods, Lester Diamond in casino on the Beverly Hills golf hustler? That's a fucking sweet life right there. Yeah. I, I, I could get used to living like that. Yeah, man. Just take money from affluent whites. Yeah. You, or you're the guy that Michael Jordan owes $3 million to. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. And I owe you for Mike. It's amazing. Yeah. He's like, gotta, he's like, it's like you're living like fucking Magnum P.I. You're just riding around in fucking borrowed Ferraris. <laughs> he, he got he got a Hawaiian shirt and a Detroit Tigers hat on. One hundred percent would man. If uh, I if Mike owed me gambling debts, I would immediately start acting like Thomas Magnum. Oh man, that's the only. I mean, I would probably start acting more like Michael Corleone. Like I'd be like, mm. we're all part of the same hypocrisy, Senator. You know, but don't think it applies to my family. <laughs> like I'd be real, real smarmy about it. But it's like no, and dude's like, hey man, you owe me. Like a little schmarm never hurt nobody. Put no, some schmarm on it. No, no, you, you know you got to. But yeah, so that's our sponsor, mybookie.ag. Hopefully, like I, I, I think they should really add like an international cockfighting series over there. I've been really lobbying for that. Mm, digital cockfighting. No animals were harmed during the making of this podcast. <laughs> you know that's actually a really good idea. A cockfighting app where you have yeah, to come like, on, dude. You got you have an app where you got to build your rooster up, and then you can compete him against yeah, other exactly. users on the site. Just tap the fuck out of the screen. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah. That's all that people want these days. Exactly. Oh man. So so hey, uh, you got to catch me up, dude. How how did you get banned from Twitter, man? What what the fuck is that? It wasn't that cool. I didn't like threaten anyone's life or anything fun. I would, it was a copyright infringement thing. Oh, that's weak. And I tried to delete the video, but they said it was gone already. I think they just got me in the penalty box. I'm just learning to learning to let go now. It was because I it was when John Wall got traded. I used the old video, which does still live on my Instagram. It's very interesting that 
I got suspended from Twitter for this video, and Instagram has never taken it down. Well, you know what, dude? Uh, like, uh, it sucks. Like, I know baseball was going after people that were making gifts of like different like crazy curveballs and stuff like that, or like home home run mm. bat flips and shit like that. And it was like, dude, like these people are just giving you guys free advertising for your league. People want to see that kind of shit. Like, know, right? You know, like likeness is. Very valuable to these people, as I found out, and whoever runs the record label that Mary J. Blige was on when she recorded "Not Gonna Cry" for the <laughs> "Waiting to Exhale" soundtrack. They so, how were does not that, pleased with me? How does that happen? But then every time there's like a big like f- football playoff moment, they always set it to the Celine Dion's "Titanic" song, and a million people get to share that and get away with it. I believe there's like I think there's like time limits on this stuff too. I okay. think as long as, as long as your sounds are under what fifteen seconds, I think it's something like that. Something like that, you can kind of do whatever you want. So that's like a big thing. You know, Dave Lyons, Dave Lyons, no. he uh, does the yacht. He's one of the co-hosts of the Yacht Rock podcast. But okay, there's like a way to get around it for them. Where like they play all these old seventies yacht rock hits and talk about them. Oh, sure, but they I talk mean, over it. Yeah. So if you talk over, like you could, you could do 15 seconds completely uninterrupted where you're not talking, but then you got to say something. Yeah, you cut it down, you turn it down, you talk over it. Uh, I I have a program, uh, DJ Pro. So you know I've got the, some of that DJ software that people have. Okay. Serato is another popular one that you can use. But I can take a song and I can, uh, you know, it's like a rip fucking mixer, so I can slow it down. So I'll play music on Instagram and I can slow it down or speed it up so the copyright guys can't detect it. Oh, yeah. Because, dude, there's also that thing, like, you know, in movies, I don't know what what, what do they call it, but, like, where they, like, they're obviously referencing someone thing else. Like, they're doing, like, they'll do, like, this with, like, The Godfather or something like that. And it won't be The Godfather theme song. It'll sound almost exactly like it so they can get around that copyright infringement. But it'll be, like... Instead of it'll be like oh sure there's a karaoke version of every song yeah and they're all searchable nah yeah you got like the Muzak versions that's what we get a lot in like the casinos where you're walking around the casinos and you hear like the you're like wait that you're like walking through and you know it's like wait this is like elevator music version of fucking like Pink Floyd what the fuck's going on here. They had somebody made it. I remember I used to deliver weed to a guy who did that type of thing. He was, it was catalog music, they called it. I think it was like, he, his job was to make generic versions of styles. Like he was like, I've got to make something that sounds exactly like, like Lil Yachty. Yeah. But it can't be Lil Yachty. So like, yeah, it's an industry. No, because, like, also, too, like, uh, dude, my brother got the Married with Children DVD box set once, right? And we were pumped to watch it, and, like, they didn't have the Frank Sinatra song anymore on there. It's like they had the rights to use it, the Love and Marriage song, for the original TV broadcast and for syndication, but, like, DVD and streaming was never included on that. So if you go to watch Married with Children on any streaming or DVD now... They have some like made up trying to sound like Frank Sinatra instrumental uh, that they play in the uh, beginning. Uh, yeah, I've seen that in some shows. That's definitely a move. Yeah, where it's like I think I, I mean I imagine like Perfect Strangers, or no 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 I mean uh, Bosom Buddies. They're not getting the Billy Joel song anymore for that. Like, 
or back in the 80s, like, Billy Joel's like, yeah, man, Bosom Buddies, Tom Hanks, it's cool, use my song for your show, like. Yeah, that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. Yeah, yeah licensing rules changed a lot over the years, bro. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing in the 80s. Because everybody was just so coked out, they were just so happy to just make a song for a TV show. That's why there's that wave of hip hop that it just has like all the like all these guys discovered samplers and it was like just incredible because they were sampling everything under the sun. Yeah, and and that, so that's the beginning of it being fucked up. Actually, is the rap sampling stuff? I think because I remember like De La Soul like lost like the like, all of their royalties to their first CD because of like a Turtles sample or something. Yeah, and. uh I think Beastie Boys, Paul's Boutique, they had a lot of lawsuits over that one. Cause they had so many, like they had the Eagle samples on like so many on that one that were just like, yeah. Uh, I think Tribe too even had a couple, but like, oh, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, there was like, but there was a few of those lawsuits back then. It's like, I don't know. To me, it's like, it goes both ways. Cause like, I, I just like a lot of those songs. So it's like, I couldn't imagine it with a different sample. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fun to go back and like buy vinyl and, and like old CDs that where like shit like isn't on iTunes or Spotify, but you get to hear that original. I've been watching a lot of uh, Showtime at the Apollo. You hear a lot of stuff on there that's like that too. Oh man, like the old like the old episodes of that. Yeah, yeah, Sinbad hosting and all that. Yeah. Oh, dude. Oh man. So on uh, Tubi. Shouts out to Tubi. I yeah, I have Tubi, man. I got to get in on that. That sounds like a lot of fun. No, it's big time. It's pretty crazy, and it's very problematic. If you want to see some raunchy, problematic stand-up, Showtime at the Apollo is the program for you. Do you remember the show that they used to have on HBO Snaps? It was like a pre-Yo Mama and Roast Battle, where it was just like oh, yeah. the dude's doing the, your mom's so black, you cut her open and smoke comes out type of jokes. Like. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. The 90s was strange. Dude, they, like, they didn't know. They, they didn't have rules. They missed their window with that show by like six, seven years. Because then they just did a watered-down version of that on MTV with Wilmer Valderrama. But if they would have kept that X-rated on late-night HBO, I think they had something there. I don't. I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> I like the old, like, uh, like, dude, like, it's funny, like, how, like, Sinbad and those dudes from, like, the early 90s, like... Because you get to a point where you think like they're cheesy, but then you do enough comedy and you go back and watch it, and you're like, these guys are like flawless technicians. Like they're, I mean, yeah, because they couldn't miss, man. Especially at that at that venue, bro. Like they're booing guys like immediately. If you make one false move as a comic, you might get sent home. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> what was that Chris Rock movie where he gets like the down to earth or whatever when he's the He's got to be the old man that he he gets killed. Oh, sure, yeah. He like dies, yeah. but the, his spirit—he wasn't supposed to die, so they got to put him in an old yeah. man's body until they find the, the Lily. It was the Lily Tomlin movie, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And so he's walking around as this old man, but he's like going back to doing open mics, and like he's crushing it because he's doing like a young black guy's perspective with an old white guy's body, like. Yeah. I but know. I think Man, the end of that was him performing the at the Apollo as like, and then that was like when he became the other guy. It's like that actually makes a ton of sense. But it's like, I think the Apollo needs to be a plot line in more movies, man. Like that would really, like you know, what, what are we doing over we'll here? We'll bring it back. We'll bring <laughs> it back. 
dude, like uh, I could plan a movie right now where it's like uh, like a a group of kids that uh, had like started out performing on subways, and they accidentally mm. get off at the Apollo, and someone just is like, "No, you guys got to go up tonight," and they bomb. But then that starts a pat like a pat re- uh, the redemption back to it, where they're like, "Hey, we actually can do this." We know we can get back there one day. We've been there once, failed, but we'll do it again. Bro, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, it's like a, it's like basically every movie idea I have is basically just Rocky. Rocky, sure, too. I mean, it's basically just Rocky. People, too. <laughs> people also love watching Rocky. Yeah, like I had a whole idea for Showgirls sequels that were because ba- like Showgirls is basically just Rocky if you think about the first one, where it's like she doesn't quite mm. win at the end. She's got yeah. a rival that's, you know, more established, more famous. She takes it, you know, she proves that she could take it to the distance, you know. Okay. And then, and then you can, like, kind of just go on from there. Like, every other, like, in the second Showgirls movie, she would just, like, become the, really handle it the, the next time around. And then the third one, you just get Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. Like, like just no shame. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah We're like, loose. Like, then the fourth one, she's got to go against a Russian dance, like a uh, ballerina dancer kind of thing. The fifth one would be just like straight up, we're going to b-boy in the parking lot. Like we're not even going to fuck around like in Rocky Five, how he doesn't even, he doesn't even fight in the ring in that one. It's just like, no, I'm going to take my old protege out to the parking lot and fuck him up. <laughs> oh, man. Then you can have a whole Creed franchise, like a Creed franchise based off of a minor girl from Showgirls, like her friend's kids or whatever. And then there's a whole storyline there. You got to kill one of them off eventually. It'll be fun, man. I'm already in. I'm writing <laughs> up a proposal right now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's better than a majority. Like if you're going to do reboots, do clever reboots like that. That's a fun way to reboot. Reboot Showgirls, but in the Rocky Cinematic Universe. That's a fun way of doing it, you know. There's always a Vegas... You could have a Vegas crossover between, you know... That's how I'm going to make this a Vegas episode is... Yeah, there's a Vegas crossover between Showgirls and prize fighting. Bam. We, we just did it. Ooh, whoa. Whoa. Maybe even tie in that old show, Las Vegas, on NBC. Oh, with James Caan? Yeah. Okay, okay. I like that one. Going. Yeah. I don't think they actually shot that here, though. I think they that was shot in Burbank, most likely. I mean, that makes the most sense in the world. I always I can't like, imagine you can just make James Conn live in Las Vegas. I don't know, man. James Conn seems like he, back in the seventies, probably definitely owned a like a fucking like his own. He had his own suite somewhere that was just permanently his because he's that big of a pimp. Oh yeah, he, he is. He is an all-time Mac. That's true. Like you think about like him. But like in the seventies, like him, Elliot Gould, those guys just had the like the freight train of poon coming at them when they come to Vegas. Like, they're just they're the coolest dudes on the planet at that point. Steve, well, if you listen, to James Con, we're you know <laughs> we we love you, and uh, we'd love to hear about the amount of sex you had in nineteen seventy eight. <laughs> yeah, James Con definitely listens to the show. No, I like how James Con how like he's so cool that Italian guys think he's one of them. <laughs> just be- yeah. crossed over, crossed just because over, crossed he was over in, white guy. Yeah, just because he was in fucking The Godfather, like Italians have just decided, and he's cool. So they're like, yeah, you know, we're just gonna claim him as one of our own, even though he's a Jewish guy. Fuck yeah! Like that's that's pimpery right there. That is some this, this top level. 
Like, he just looks good in a wife beater, man. He knows how to make his beater fit, right? Yeah, you know, and he like he's good at banging a bridesmaid up against the bathroom door or whatever he did. I forget. Yeah, it's sad because like his part in The Godfather, he had like like six seven scenes that were cut out of the final film. So it's like you know he had like a whole other movie basically that he didn't get to be in on that. We got to release that movie. We got to put up the solo James Con. Uh, jump off. You know, I've heard of talks of a Godfather four, where it would be about young Sonny. Whoa! And like, I remember like they were talking about that's this, fair. Talk about this like twenty years ago, where they wanted Leo to play young Sonny. That I would have watched. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I'm. I'm I I would have watched if they put fucking Spider Man. What was Spider Man's name? Toby Maguire. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know they were about. You know about the pussy posse, right? Of course. Okay, yeah, yeah. The Pussy Posse, for people that didn't listen to my Tess Barker episode, the Pussy Posse was Leo, Tobey Maguire, uh, that one dude that had the beard on Mad Men that played the hippie like art designer, uh, uh, the kid E from Entourage, and like David Blaine. And that dude, that's just a crew. And, oh, Lucas Haas. Like man, they just had a crew of poon wreckers out on the town together. Just poon wreckers is a term I've never heard, but I will accept it. <laughs> like, but it, like I guess tying it back to showgirls, like one of them like tried to like date Elizabeth Berkeley, and they got in a fight with her boyfriend at some club, and like these guys were wild, man. Like, and it's funny because one of them ended up basically playing a member of an entourage that like they were in on the show Entourage. You know, mm-hmm. two of them went on to be huge stars, and the rest kind of all drifted into the background. By the way, dude, have you heard about this? Speaking of David Blaine, it, I always laugh at magician stories. Have you heard about this? Uh, the new scandal coming out of the Magic Castle? No. Where it's like allegedly a den of uh, sexual misconduct and racism. Now, I don't think that's funny, but I do. Sure. I do. Think, I mean, that's very believable, though. I do think the idea of a racist magician's kind of fucking funny, dude. Like, like yeah, especially when. Like, black people will re- react the best to magic. Yeah. <laughs> Any group of people. Like, you're really boxing yourself in. Yeah, if you don't. Like, yeah you're never going to really have a good time as a magician. If, like, yeah, come on, man. Like, but I'm just picturing, like, a racist magician. Like, he's like, oh, you want me to saw Asians in half? What? So there'd be twice as many of them? Not going to do it. Like, man, like. I, I don't know. I don't, I've never been to the Magic Castle. It, it sound, now I it sounds once. hilarious, dude. You went once? I, I went once. I didn't immediately. I didn't feel. I didn't personally witness a culture of, you know, misconduct. Well, yeah. And I think. And I that, could believe it. Whatever. Then you have that goth club in LA that just came out this weekend, like the story behind that. And that's like overshadowed the Magic Castle, which I think is kind of funny. The. Did you hear about this? The secret sex goth club that was behind the pig and whistle? No. <laughs> you know those rooms behind the pig and whistle? Or like, like, like I mean, like, I guess, dude, I've never even looked behind that bitch. I've driven by that place one million times. Well, they have like bringer, never... they have bringer shows in these back rooms there and stuff. And like, well, like, I guess in the rooms behind that, there was like an underground goth sex club where, uh, all right. Thomas Middleditch from, uh, Silicon Valley was groping and harassing girls and, it's a whole thing. In the middle of, in the middle of Hollywood. Yeah, middle of like tourist Hollywood. Yeah, just a, and I guess they had the members had to get like tattoos, 
Like secret tattoos to prove they're members of this goth sex club. Like goth sex club at the Pig and Whistle just sounds like I, I you know, there's a point where I just gotta be like, okay, like I'm like a blackjack dealer, just like clap my hands, walk away. That that's it. I'm out. Yeah, it doesn't feel it feels overkilly. <laughs> <laughs> But that place is one of like the most hilarious places in Hollywood, kind of, because it's just lame tourists that go there. Like it's like a. I was on Mike Bridenstine's show earlier this afternoon, and Josh Androsky said it, it's like if Universal City Walk tried to have a create an Irish pub. That's just all it is. It's whoa. I think it's how like come they haven't yet? They should. I'm surprised they haven't. Well, you know the Bubblegum Shrimp Factory. <laughs> smells so bad and no competing businesses want to open yeah you don't want to be around that makes sense all that fr- that uh boiling crawfish smell like that's not like the business you like you're like oh yeah come over here it still smells like fish from over there like no one wants in on that i mean well not right now not as it's being sold but we'll see I'll look at the plans. I gotta say, uh, I gotta, like, I think there's gonna be a chain restaurant revival coming out of this pandemic. Oh, come on, man. Everybody's ready to go to Applebee's, man. Yeah, like the dollar margarita nights and stuff like that. Like, that's about to get turned up wild when, when, uh, as restrictions start easing going into the future. So that's definitely something to look forward to because we're gonna see a lot of Florida man. Stab someone at Red Lobster stories. Like, there's going to be a ton yeah, of those. Be on the, definitely be on the lookout for that. Yeah, people getting hit up for biscuits. Yeah, like Olive Garden waiter assaulted when they run out of salad on all-you-can-eat super salad. Yeah, yeah, people getting hit with them little, the, the, the tongs. Yep. Yeah, there will be a lot of that. It's it's going to go. It's gonna get dark for a second, and then we'll, we'll come out of, of it. If like you're, a, yeah, if you were assistant manager Hooters, Oh, that's going to be anything on that level. Just, yeah, just, just watch out. Just do some push-ups. You know what I saw out here in Vegas? It's similar to Hooters. It's a place called Twin Peaks. Oh. Same, like. Is their logo two mountains that look like Yeah, tits? yeah, yeah. It's like two mountains that look like okay. tits. And they're going for more of like an alpine, like a log cabin type vibe with it. We like that. Yeah. Open the ski suit. Okay. But it looks like it's a little sleazier than Hooters, which I was like, that's hard to do, you know, the way they make those owls' eyes to look like like nipples. <laughs> it's a tough, it's a you know, like Hooters. Like, I love the guys that like go to Hooters, only go to Hooters and not a strip club. Never got a hustler, only got like Maxim magazine. Like, there's a certain type of dude that I play it by the book, you know. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, I'm a Mormon. I only go to Hooters and read Maxim, sir. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a savage. I was more of a stuff magazine child. I was in this stuff. But I had convinced myself. I was like, oh, it, stuff, it's like, it's like Maxim for the intellectual. Yeah, it's the thinking man's Maxim. <laughs> yeah, like no, it's just the B side to Maxim, dude. I always think of Maxim as like the like Don Trump Jr. is what most Maxim guys like basically kind of grew up into, just like coked out. Oh, like for yeah. some reason they have like because like those magazines would always have like a page on weapons of war for some reason. So these guys like wait no way too much about F thirty five Tomcats or whatever. Like. 
Yeah, and they're into them. They love them. Yeah, nah, they, that's true, man. <laughs> weird group of dudes that are into that stuff. Like, I don't know, like, and just like, I mean, yeah, like they always had hot actresses on Maxim and stuff. And stuff. It's like, it's just like, oh, the girl from that '70s show in a bikini, way overly photoshopped. Like, it's like. I'd much rather see a, yeah. a grainy picture of just a random titty and be like, "Hey, I hear that's the chick from that show." That's way. Yeah, I mean, that's way hard. If I'm being, if I'm being honest, yeah, Maxim and Stuff Magazine drove me into BBW pornography. <laughs> I could just be, even as a, even as a kid, I was like, "This feels unattainable." I'm never gonna meet a girl who's wearing a matching five-piece lingerie set. Yeah, dude, like, Jessica Alba's not seducing me yeah. on a the setting of, like, a, in a Roman palace. Like, that's not yeah, going it drove, it drove me towards a strange need for attainability. And, you know, that I got a lot of respect for that. Because, like, you know, I've, I've actually been an extra in a, done non-sex roles in a few pornos. Damn. Yeah. What, like, or were you the dude pretending to be cuckled? No, no. One of them, I was uh, just a dude shopping for porn in like a porn store. Like it was I like just, that. Uh, and then another one, I was like a, a, a energy drink zombie that uh, was following uh, these people around in, until they had the big orgy in the White House at the end. And then, okay. uh, and then I was okay. This is where it gets funny. And then I was in the Taxi Driver Triple X remake where they wanted a comic to play the Albert Brooks part. So they got me in for the Albert Brooks role, the the campaign worker with Sybil Shepherd. I don't know if you're familiar with Taxi Driver. But. I mean, it's been a while, but okay. So I did that. And then the final one, and I've never come back after this performance, was it was a roast porno. And they wanted me to write jokes for, like, dude, like 20 minutes before we start shooting, they're like, hey, can you write jokes for everybody else, too? And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, you guys are bugging, man. <laughs> yeah, and then... And so I was like, all right, let me give you some paper. Uh, you guys aren't paying for this. I'll give you some free jokes in 20 minutes. I had just watched like a World War II documentary on History Channel. So it was a bunch of World War II references that they didn't think as funny as I was. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's that part. And then, uh, and I think there was like also an AIDS outbreak in the LA porn scene at the time. And I might have done a couple of disease. I didn't say AIDS by name, but you know, I might have referenced some diseases and, Oh boy! You know that didn't go over too well, but it was funny because yeah. it's just like when you well, bomb they were on trying a movie. to get you to work for free. Yeah, they were trying to get you to work for free, so you were right to give them whatever. Yeah, I'm and, not going to work hard. Don't I'm not going to not going to stress myself. Yeah, and like and bombing on a movie set, even though it was still a movie set, even though it's a porn movie set. So it's like bombing in that situation is even funnier because they're like, okay, we got to move the camera over here now and have you bomb again. <laughs> like, it's like. Hey, you know that thing you just did that pissed everyone off? Okay, we're going to need you to do this four or five times from different directions so we can all add up and post. Like, Come on. No, no, no. <laughs> so that might be the most awkward stand-up performance I've ever had to do in my life Like, just because I had to do it over and over again for continuity's sake. Makes sense. Yeah, it does sound terrible. I'm very sorry you have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's all good, dude. I'm living in Vegas now. Life is good. Uh, March, all right. you know, I'm 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 into doing this show. I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I get to hang out with everybody, so it, it's good catching up with people I haven't seen in a while. You know, so oh yes. So I mean, 
got all that going for me, even though, uh, like, and I do want to get, like, there's some, like, local celebrities I'd really love to get on here, like Mike Tyson and Flavor Flav and... Couple more years in town. They got to know you're, you know, you're in it to, for the long haul. Yeah, I'm, I'm a must. Uh, you know, if you you want to be a part of the local scene, you got to be on this show. I mean, I live like right down the street from OJ. Oh fuck, dude! Like, I, I'm gonna see him at Albertsons one day. Like, I, I, I know it's gonna happen. Like, it's just any day. I was just there the other day. It's like any day now. I'm gonna see OJ. And it's like, am I gonna be ready? A buddy of mine out here, uh, just, yeah, don't drop your stuff. Whatever happens, just don't drop whatever you're holding when you no, see it. No, no. But my buddy out here, like, like I just told this on the last episode, but he ran into a girl off Tinder and she had a profile pic of her with OJ on Tinder. I don't know what message that's supposed to send. She's a freak. That's the only thing I can get out of that. <laughs> yeah, like, sure, she's cool with, you know. She's cool with physicality. Yeah. She, yeah, fine. You know what? I definitely recommend when it when uh, it gets opening back up in L.A. is uh, you got to go on the O.J. murder tour where they drive you around in a white Bronco through Brentwood to all the locations. They have a Bronco? Yeah, dude. Uh, okay. Tess and Sean bought it for me as a going away present when I moved here to Vegas. That's, I... <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine you Dude, and the, guy, the guy, fitting gift for a guy. The guy picks you up in this white Bronco at the McDonald's OJ and Cato went to. Like, and then you basically go through, okay, he went here. He dropped Cato off at his home here. He drove down, drove by Nicole's pad. She, he went down this alley. He was able to get here this time. This person saw him drive by at this intersection. Like, it's pretty dope, Damn. dude. Full notes, dude. Yeah, yeah that's pretty hard. it's pretty dope. Like, I, I gotta, I gotta say, it was pretty cool, dude. All right, I gotta. I think we're just about to wrap it up here, buddy. Uh, you got a couple podcasts out there right now with uh, homies and whatnot. Uh, tell people where they can find anywhere podcasts are available. Check out uh, Airbuds. Yeah, yeah. At Airbuds Pod on everything. Also at Sorry We Love NFL on everything else. Yeah, with uh, Dan Hardigan, your co-host over there, is gonna be coming on the yeah, show in a couple guy, weeks now. So yeah, Dan Hardigan and my my two Dannys. So it's Dan Hardigan, Danny Solomon. Solomon. Yeah, we talk we talk about why we can never stop watching football, even though it is killing us <laughs> from the inside, and that is that. Hardigan's gonna Andy. be on in a couple weeks, and I really am looking forward to talking to him because. I grew up in Whittier, California, where uh, there's a boys like uh, prison. I mean, for lack of sure. a better term, called Fred C. Nellis Reformatory School for Boys, where Dan's grandpa was the principal there. Jesus, <laughs> so, Dan's whole family is feds. Yeah, uh, I want to get in on uh, yeah. uh, his grandpa I'll running. The, I'll be waiting for the that. little boy prison in my hometown. I think that's a fun. That's a fun episode to get down with, dude. But man, oh man! <laughs> so yeah, follow those shows. Go over to wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find those and check out. Uh, well, I would say check out your Twitter, but like, yeah, that's gone. It's Broccoli House on Instagram, Jamelljohnson <laughs> yeah. uh, dot com, which is also broccolihouse dot com. You know, we got st- shows are coming back. I might have one, dude. Yeah, and you got to come out and hang- you and Dan and Jake got to come out and party with me in Vegas. No, nah, we'll we'll be in Vegas sometime during the WNBA season. That's when I like to put my chips on the table. Okay. I am actually I'm a decent WNBA gambler. Uh, my Las Vegas Aces are looking pretty good this year. 
Oh, for sure. You guys are set up. Hopefully, Kelsey Plum can stay on the floor. You guys should be good. I'm actually planning on putting a future on them to win it all this year. I don't think it's... I, I, I don't mind that. It's not far-fetched. Look, yeah. Cam Beige re-signed. So you got Wilson and Cam Beige. They almost won it all without Cam Beige. You figure you add Cam Beige back, that at least gets you to yeah. a conference final. Yeah. No, and... uh I think they're at four to one right now, or like th- plus three fifty. So the odds are pretty decent on them right now. So yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Seattle can't like it, it ain't gonna last forever. So yeah, that's a that's there the fairy go. tale story that's gonna end one of these days. So all right, buddy. Well, Perhaps dude, it is this day. Thank you so much for joining me on the show, and uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. And that was Jamel Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us this episode. And please follow us on our socials at LuxSopsPod on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Yeah, that's the place. And if you want to be a, a member of our private club that's the coolest place on the planet and you want to help keep the show growing and keep me alive, go to patreon.com slash luxsopspod that's right patreon.com slash luxsopspod where as things are opening more up i will have more and more bonus content over there so please check that out and thank you so much everybody i will see you next week